0: What defines crazy? One way Urban Dictionary defines crazy is someone who will go against the rules, a person who acts in a manner that normal society does not approve of. We would add that crazy can be defined as
1: enigmatic, meaning mysterious or speaking in riddles, often misunderstood.
0: God tells us in Isaiah 55, 8-9, through For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Yet even though he is
1: enigmatic, he tells us in seven places in scripture that if we seek him, we will find him when we search with all of our heart. Journey with us as we seek him and explore the evidence that confirms God be crazy. So we've talked a lot about God and His character and nature, but we have not talked about Satan, his adversary. So, who is Satan to you? How do you, what do you understand
0: Satan to be? Well, he's a fallen angel. He was one of the most beautiful angels, according to scripture. Mm. I believe in Ezekiel 28, it talks about how he was full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Right. He does acknowledge God's authority, but... His sole purpose is to defy that. You know, he's jealous. He's arrogant. He's cunning. Manipulative. He seeks to serve himself and his interest. Mm -hmm. Full of pride. Yeah. One of the things that I think is key to know about Satan's character is how he wanted to exalt himself above God. And that desire is what led to ultimately his fall Mm
1: -hmm. and in doing so and wanting to be superior to God he rallied the troops in heaven around that same idea he appealed to a third of the angels and 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 I'm sure he appealed to all of them in some way he tried to appeal to all of them but a third of the angels joined him in that rebellion
0: yeah they took that they took that bait
1: yep Makes you kind of wonder what he said to them to get them out of heaven. I mean, heaven. Right. Heaven, the the best place you could ever possibly exist. You are with God. You have everything that you need and could ever want. You are among, you're, you're with God. And he lured them out of that to walk with him, to go up to take his side. And in doing so, God cast a third of them, a third of the
0: angels that... Went with Satan, he cast them to earth. And so now Satan's here on mm-hmm. earth, and we, we run into him. And hence the Garden of Eden with Eve and her temptation.
1: Right. She was tempted because he offered her something, um, you know, a basic need. We all have in our sinful nature. We are sinful. And in ourselves, I hear people say this, and I've probably been guilty of it too, to be honest with you. But we say, "Well, I mean, I'm a good person, and I deserve fill in the blank." Yeah. <laughs> and the reality is, you know, that's a lovely little platitude, but it isn't really true because, <laughs> truly, at our core, we're pretty sinful,
0: and, well, we were born into sin. Right. So I mean, right? You're we- right. We are at our core. We are sinful. Our nature is sinful and our our desire is sinful. Right. It's carnal.
1: Right. And we are not inherently good. No, we're not. But um the the only goodness that can exist in us is because we are made in God's image and because we are objects of his love through Jesus' death and his sacrifice. We We can be made alive in God, and God's Spirit can come and dwell within us if we choose that. Ephesians 2
0: talks about that. You know, you were talking about our basic needs. Um, Let's talk about that a little bit, because to me, when I think of basic needs, I think food, water, shelter. And I know there's more than just those. Sure. Um, What are... What do you think about whenever you think of basic needs?
1: Well, other than that, like the things we need to, to stay alive. Um, I also think of comfort because um, our shelter is something that we need. But we also, when we have the basics, we also want more than that. We want com- We want additional comfort.
0: Isn't that just like us in our human nature right. to, to want more?
1: Right. You know, it's like we think we have goals for our lives, and we set our goals, and if we achieve them, it's like, and what's next? It's We can't even hang out and appreciate what we already have and how our needs are taken care of. You know, God says not to worry. He tells us, I think it's Matthew 7, not to worry, that the birds of the air, I take care of them, and how much more special are we than the birds? Like, right. I'm going to take care of you. But we have our basic needs. He offers, God offers to make and meet our basic needs, but... We get um, we get greedy. We want more than that, you know. I think other needs that we have are to, to feel safe. I know I feel that very strongly. I want to feel safe emotionally. I want to feel safe physically. I don't want to be in danger. Um, we don't like to be in pain. We don't want to be in pain. We seek pleasure and avoid pain.
0: You talk about feeling safe and, and knowing things, and, and it makes me think about Eve in the Garden of Eden, Eden. When Satan was trying to convince her about the fruit, he was talking about more than fruit. He was talking about you can know the difference between good and evil. Like, you can be like Like, God.
1: mm. Yes. She was convinced by Satan to disobey and eat that fruit because she thought she would be God-like. You're going to have knowledge like God. God, I mean, in the message of, of the serpent, Satan to her was you know god, what god told you isn't really true this is what's really true actually if you eat that you're going to be like him and she was like oh well it is it does look nice as she said the fruit looked good and <laughs> and it it looks like it was good for good for food and and you know what what satan said to her made sense oh okay well oh, all right and she took it and then instantly she felt shame. She knew instantly. She took it. She gave it to her husband to eat. Adam ate it. And, and he didn't say to her, know the scripture. Um, <laughs> yeah. He didn't say, uh, don't you remember what God told us? Put that away, wife. You know, he said, well, okay. And he ate it. And so when they ate it, they realized that they were naked and they felt shame. And isn't that just like us, as soon as we sin against God, shame is an emotion that comes out of um our, our sin and our fallen nature. We feel shame when we do things that are wrong. We feel guilt. Initially guilt says that you did something wrong, you made a mistake, but shame is that belief or that feeling that says you are bad. Yeah. And um which is a half truth. God's, uh, you know, Satan speaks in half truths because we are more likely to believe what is a little bit true and a little bit mm-hmm. false than we are to believe just a flat out lie, because shame says you you're bad, but the the truth is we are sinful. We have, we have evil in us. <laughs> you know, we naturally desire to serve ourselves, and you know, I think something
0: that, um, also. He drove home whether he meant to or not. And his his message to Eve, I believe, was you cannot trust God. He is not good. Yeah. You don't need Him. Yeah. You can be happy and whole without Him. And I think that that, that is something that we as human beings want ourselves. Because when we are hurt, when someone hurts us or when we ha- experience a trauma or, you know, what we want is to f- be able to fix it ourselves. And I know for me personally in my life because I had trauma at a young age that I didn't trust people including God I didn't trust that he could take care of me or keep me safe right and I think that that's one of the lies that Satan used to to trick me and I'm certain that he does for other people also you know that I can be whole without God and that I could be happy without him and that I I can't trust God to protect me Mm -hmm. when in fact that's not true at all. Mm -hmm. You know, God, God is literally never going to leave us, never going to forsake us. He doesn't promise that our lives here will be without pain or hardships, but he promises that he will, he will always walk with us through those things, you know, and it's our job as Christians to make sure that we are not unaware of the schemes of the devil. I believe that's 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. You know, yeah. We are to be aware of Satan and what he is capable of. And I think it's important that we talk about things like this for that reason.
1: Right. He has given us everything we need to recognize when Satan is at work within our lives. The problem is we don't often cling to what we are being told because we think otherwise, you know, our our own thoughts and opinions get involved. You know, he says, Trust not in your own understanding. Right. There's a reason why that is because we can't trust our sinful nature. Our sinful nature is on its own. We don't even need Satan to deceive us. We deceive ourselves. We can deceive ourselves. <laughs> right. But one way he does, um, he he helps us in that deception is he lures us into making deals with him. Yes. Whenever we're hurting, whenever we need something, like it can be the basics of food, water, shelter, comfort, not to be in pain. Um, oftentimes in my line of work, when I'm working with trauma, I see people make agreements um, just to not feel pain. You know, I'm going to um drink more so i don't have to feel this pain i'm going to lie so that i won't get in trouble and i won't have to feel the distress of um someone knowing who i am or someone seeing me in a in a bad light and so we make agreements with with satan uh consciously or with our sinful nature consciously or subconsciously and then we suffer the consequences obviously like eve and adam did and we have been since the beginning of time but every deal we make um with satan comes at a cost every deal every time we turn to our sinful nature and we do what our flesh and our uh our carnal nature says to do we will suffer in some way Mm -hmm. but god promises to meet our basic needs he asks us he says if you sacrifice your life in exchange for if you give up your life, you're going to find it. He says, whoever gives up his life for my sake will find it. That's in Matthew ten thirty nine. 39. Yeah, if, if we will exchange what we want and what feels good for us, he will give us something far better. We're giving up parts of the pleasure and um, the ease in our earthly life for an eternal one.
0: You know, Satan is really clever. Instead of an argument to discredit God's authority, he casts doubt on his credibility. You know, he Mm. is constantly looking for ways to undermine God. And our society falls victim to that because we want everything, like fast food. We want fast food style Jesus. Right.
1: We want things quick and fast and it satiates enough. It's not... It is no five star, right? You know, eight course meal, and it certainly doesn't satiate at the same level. It is it is artificial in nature, you know, um, similar to fast food. You can eat it and you might be full, but is it really helping? Nourishing? You? <laughs> no, it's not, not
0: nourishing. nourishing. The same way this, you know, the way we do society does life with Jesus. They, you may skip to a church service and. Hear a quick message and then not apply any of those principles to your life. And just because you drank from that cup or ate that food or heard that message, it didn't get into your bones. That's not part of who you are. You're not Mm -hmm. living the things that you learned. And our society is set up for that drive through church, that feel-good church. Let's Mm -hmm. go to church. Let's have an experience. Everybody sing and praise and clap your hands and walk out the door and go back to life like it was before. For you walked in the door. Mm-hmm. Every experience with God should change us. Yeah.
1: It should speak to our hearts if our hearts are open. But if you are just looking at it through a lens of like just checking a box, like this is what I'm supposed to do on Sunday or I'm going but my heart's not really in it, then mm-hmm. if your heart's not open to receive that good news and that good meal, and that nourishment of truth, then it won't. It'll just be, it, it won't hit at the level mm-hmm. that, it, that it really could. Because yeah. you're not open to hearing it, you know. Um, there are people who Jesus wanted to heal, I'm sure, and he did not. Like, he, he moved into towns and then moved out. He was like, well, there's no faith here. Yeah. And he would leave because, and what I hear in that is he's saying, y'all are not good soil y'all are not here to receive. y'all can't receive mm-hmm. what I'm giving. So I'm moving to the next town where there's some good soil I can lay down some I can plant exactly. something that's going to grow. And he's asking us to to do that. God offers what he offers us is is truly nourishing, like you said. Yes, but it goes beyond those basic needs, beyond those basic needs. You are correct. He gives us the desires he offers to give us the desires of our heart. He made each and every one of us unique.
0: Mm-hmm. With it
1: fashioned with a purpose and and you know, some people I've had people say to me, I'm like a really good worker. It's it's something he made in me. I come from a long line of generationally strong oxes of people (laughs) you know they do they can work really hard my my dad my grandmother my mom like they're not afraid to work hard and um and so people will affirm me over the amount of productivity that that I have and I am keenly aware there, there were seasons of my life and times in my life where I was not aware of this and I would basically steal God's thunder and take God's credit But when people would affirm me for what I could accomplish or achieve or attain Mm -hmm. um, or produce, and they would say, oh, you're so good at this. And I would take, thank you. And I would take that compliment as though I did it. It was my doing. But really, God fashioned me that way. God made me that way so that he could, so that I could do his will and his purpose and I see that in the little nuances of life and also the big things and he made us he, he made us this way he made us to and he put a desire in our hearts to be a certain way and he makes everyone unique and he also gives us gives us um the desires of our hearts he puts desires in us and he he meets those Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you're not sure how to turn it into reality? You need Ready, Set, Podcast. They make it super easy to create your own podcast. They can help record, edit, and publish your idea. They have prices to fit any budget and options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. So if you have an idea, reach out to them for a free consultation on their website or social media at www.ReadySetPodcast.xyz. Ready Set Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality.
0: One thing that we have to be sure to pay attention to for ourselves, um, as you talk about this is we do have desires and wants, but even above our own desires and wants is our obedience to Christ. You know sometimes we find that we may want things that don't line up with his will for us absolutely and in that we have to recognize that and be able to give that to him because i know for me personally there's some things i don't want to give up there's some things i don't want to change you know like sometimes when he wants us to work or do something i don't want to i don't want to netflix and chill like Mm -hmm. the rest of the world but that's not what He's asking me to do in that moment. And we have to set aside our wants and desires and do what He wants us to do. We have to die to self, essentially. Right. Right.
1: And when we do die more and more every day to ourselves, we become more and more like Him. And becoming more and more like Him prepares us to be aware of the schemes of the devil and to be aware of the schemes in our own hearts. To mm-hmm. be When we are... When we are truly dying more to self and asking the Lord, like I say to the Lord, clean out the body and pour in the spirit. Every day will you just clean out the me and pour in the you. And if we will do that consciously throughout our, our day, throughout our lives, then we will be prepared in and out of season whenever those attacks come or whenever um, trials come, whenever whenever temptation comes. We'll be prepared for seeing the deceit, seeing the wolf in sheep's clothing that we otherwise wouldn't be able to see.
0: For me, whenever you say that, all I think about is how everything has to be in God's strength, not our strength. You know, it's not our power. It's His. The minute we forget that, we might as well be fighting the enemy in a jello suit with a plastic (laughs) knife. I mean, like... Yeah. Our power,
1: not so great. (laughs) That image is kind of hilarious. <laughs> kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he tells us, he tells us that I mean, the enemy is not scared of us. Right. He's scared of who's in us. And even Nicodemus, you know, I think this is the in the Chosen. I think it's the very first episode of the Chosen and Nicodemus. You know, he he is a man of God supposedly. Supposedly, everyone, yeah. Everyone is looking to him for the wisdom, you know. Everyone's sitting at his feet to hear what his mouth has to say. And he can't cast out the demon the demon's like you mm-hmm. know i i recognize god but who are you you know and they're not scared of us evil's not scared of us yep. he, they're scared of who lives in us mm-hmm. we don't have any power right we don't have any authority it's god who lives in us and dwells in us that they are fearful of and so he tells us how to fight we fight um, with Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 is the armor of God. He tells us to put on the full armor of God yes. so that we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. He, he, he tells us how to battle against this. He, and he reminds us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, mm-hmm. but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in
0: the heavenly realms. And I think that's something that we especially need to remember, because I know a lot of times, um, we Satan uses uses people, yeah, and he uses people, and in using those people, we see the people. we don't see Satan, we see right. the people that hurt us, right. And we need to remember that just what Ephesians six says that we are not warring with people, right. We are warring with the enemy.
1: We are warring the, with the rulers, the authorities, and against powers of darkness in this world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He's saying get a different lens yes. on your eyes. Do not think that because you're a Republican, the Democrats are your enemy, and because you're a Democrat, the Republicans are your enemy, in our country anyway. That, those are the two main political parties. But but your neighbor is not your enemy. Your ex is not your enemy. you you know... Your boss, who doesn't do things the way you want them to do it, is not your enemy. People are not the enemy. We have a real and present enemy who is, who is working things out against us.
0: And he has authority here on earth. True. But he is not the final authority. Amen. We We have God. And we can't live our lives scared of Satan, but we also don't need to be ignorant of his, his power. Because even the Archangel Michael wouldn't just speak directly against him whenever um, they were fighting, feuding over the body of Moses. You know, Mm -hmm. he didn't say, Satan, get away from me. He said, the Lord rebuke you. Mm -hmm. Because even he recognizes that he has authority. Right.
1: And Michael, an Archangel, has great authority as well. He's been given great authority. And even he... Did not use his own authority exactly. at that moment. He knew better.
0: He used God's. The same way like we sometimes we find ourselves, we will be rebuking this and rebuking that. We 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 do that through God's authority. Uh, the yes. Lord rebuke you, you know? Yes. Because without Him, our, we don't have any power.
1: No, we don't. They'd laugh at us and keep on about their business. Yeah. You know, and He tells us, He goes on in Ephesians 6 to say that putting this armor on prepares us to stand our ground. And we do that with the belt of truth buckled Mm -hmm. around your waist. The Bible is truth. Yep. If you don't know the Bible, you know, Jesus stood his test whenever he was in the desert and Satan tempted him. He stood up. He didn't start arguing with him about beliefs, and he didn't chase a lot of down different rabbit holes. He spoke truth from the word of God from scripture as satan tried to tempt him. Yes. And if you don't know scripture, if you're unfamiliar with the word of God, it is it's the first it's the first piece of this armor that he mentions. Stand firm there stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. If you don't know truth, I I cannot impress upon you enough to read it and um something that that is upsetting to me is is that as we profess our belief in in Christ and as we as we claim to be followers of him i'm shocked to hear how frequently when you really start to talk to people about their faith that they're not in the word um and i understand that being in the the culture and there's all these different distractions and we're all so busy but We can't know what truth is if we are getting it from social media, if we're getting it from the news. We have to get it from the source. This is the Bible is our source of truth and if you don't know it, you can easily be schemed against. You easily miss
0: what what you should see. And you know, to to piggyback on that, like if you're sitting in a church and someone's preaching the word of God and you don't know your Bible or you don't know the word of God, you don't know if those people that are leading are actually preaching the truth. And it's so important that we know for ourselves, not because pastor Bob or Bishop Jim says this is so we have to know it in our own hearts because our salvation is supposed to be worked out in fear and trembling of our own, not by anybody else. Right.
1: We don't get our pastors our pastors' beliefs and and faith does not cover us. No. Nor do our parents. So no. even if you grow up in a, a Christian home, if you grow up in a home where the truth is taught, if you're not absorbing it and it does not become a part of who and how you live, you didn't get it by osmosis, honey. You have to have you have to actually develop a faith and yes. a belief of your own. You have to get those things into your heart through um through seeking it. Um. So, with the belt of truth wrapped around you, if you're in your word, you'll have that. Um. He also says, with the breastplate of righteousness, we are not righteous; we are righteous because His blood covers (laughs) us. And so, when we make that agreement to, we make that agreement, and we believe that God is God, Almighty, Sovereign, the Alpha, the Omega, the Beginning and End. His righteousness covers us. With your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the Gospel of Peace. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all, not some, but all of the flaming arrows of the evil one.
0: You know, those arrows are the things that pierce us, mm. you know, and those are the the deceits of the enemy. Those are the schemes that it's talking about. Be prepared to recognize the schemes of the devil. You cannot recognize that. If you don't do these things that are in Ephesians, you know, and those arrows can get in, they can get in Mm -hmm. anywhere. And he's constantly, we're constantly getting barraged with arrows from the enemy. And if we are not prepared, like Ephesians six says, then what do we do? You know, we
1: we don't have anything. We don't have a defense against it. And one of the, the, Significant ways that he attacks us. You said people is a big source, but even our own thoughts.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: Our thoughts parade around in our head like they are 100% ours and we created them. And we, which is true sometimes, sometimes we have original thoughts, but I find quite frequently that um, we have thoughts that if you don't filter them with the truth of what God says, if you don't have the truth of what God says, then you are are going to to hear those thoughts in your head and and wear
0: them as truth and walk them out as truth. Yes, and it might not start off that way, but if you don't have some truth to combat it with, then those thoughts played over and over are gonna eventually become your thoughts and Absolutely. your truth. Absolutely,
1: you know, research says that it takes ten minutes for a thought to develop um, a. A cluster of cells and basically grow real estate in your brain 10 minutes and so I'll tell my clients if you can interrupt a thought with some truth and speak against it in the first 10 minutes you're literally changing the makeup of your neurological system that's pretty powerful yeah, yes. when the word is in you it's in you on a biological neurological level you are able to disrupt cells that uh, neurons that that would form. And, and new new truth can form in your head. And when that lie comes back in, whether it's from a person or it's from a thought or a situation or a trauma, you're more
0: able to stand up against that. That reminds me of the scripture. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to, even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's talking about the word of God, the truth. Mm. Is that powerful? Yeah. I think our society,
1: our world has very much missed the mark there. He says, he he, he goes on to wrap up this Ephesians 6 passage. He says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Again, the truth is the word of mm-hmm. God, and and he he goes on to say, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, be alert, be vigilant, and always keeping, always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So pray not only for yourselves, but pray for everyone who is in this in this battle, and um, for those that are striving. fight this evil because it's a real evil it's a real spiritual battle it's a it's a it's spiritual war and not everybody is going to believe that spiritual warfare exists um a lot of people believe we're just fighting each other i mean because it looks that way if you're if you're paying attention to the news or you're just living out living out your life there are people we don't like. There are people that don't like us, and we think that that's all there is. But not everyone's going to buy into what Ephesians 6 says. Ephesians 6, I think it's 11 through 18, tells us that this is the real war. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It is against the powers of darkness, and they are led by Satan. So as you, if you come into the truth that that is, that there is a spiritual war and that Ephesians 6 and the whole Bible is in fact true, it will put you at war with people that you love. It will put you at war with your friends. It will put you at war with even your family. In in Matthew 10, 34 through 36, he says, Jesus is saying this, he said, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword, for I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Woo, truth bomb there. That is not the gospel that we typically hear. In, at the Sunday sermon pulpit, yeah, we're not hearing. Hey, this you know. At in at Christmas, we say peace on earth. The Lord has come to bring peace, and we forget this scripture. I don't hear this scripture preached um, often at all. I don't know if I, I ever have actually. I'm I'm sure I have, but not that's coming to my memory right now. This is saying, because of me, you're gonna be at war with the people of this earth, the people that you love, the people in your family. And if you if you believe in my truth, there are going to be people that you care about, that might care about you as well, that that I'll, there will be a war there because of the disagreeing about what truth is.
0: You know, he says that and he also makes it abundantly clear that even in that war, we are still to love people. We're still yes. to love the people who are raging war against us, the people who... Disagree with us. Disagree with us. The people who call us liars or think that we're we've put ourselves above them, or mm-hmm. that we're better than them because
1: we are holier than thou, or self righteous, and that's not. We we know as Christians that we are no better than any other any other person. We just have the blood of Jesus that covers us. Mm-hmm. We won't have to pay. For the sinful nature and the sins that we commit because his blood covers us because we believe and it's, it's weird to think that you could get the free gift of grace that is offered to you and you didn't earn it nobody will ever earn it with the cleanest um, record of good deeds or the lack of sin we get heaven and we get that clean slate not because of our goodness or greatness or betterness we get it because he is good and he is great and that's how kind he is and it's offered to everybody we just want everyone to receive it because we know what what it means and so he asks us you know to he we're, we're prompting you and he's asking us to submit ourselves you know James 4 7 and 8 says, submit yourselves then to God. Knowing all these things, submit yourself. Please, do the right thing. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. And then he goes on to to impress upon the people. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. He's saying, get right. Please get right. And so, we all have to make decisions we all get to make the decision about whom we will serve in Joshua 24:15, he states Joshua says but he's saying to the people but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you then choose yourselves choose for yourselves this day whom you're going to serve if you're going to serve these gods or those gods and and he goes on to say but as for me and my household
0: we will serve the Lord I mean, I don't think he could have said it any better. (laughs) For me and my household, I'm going to serve the Lord. Same.
1: Thanks for listening to the God Be Crazy podcast. If the message of the podcast resonates with you, please make sure to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. We also encourage you to rate and review it on your favorite podcast platform. By doing this, you may help others hear the podcast as well. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or just share it the good old-fashioned way. Talk about it with the people in your life. It is our hope that you will be blessed and strengthened by the truth and crazy love of God.